Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Pappas and Olivia Harlan-Decker. Welcome to Unleashed from BetMGM, the king of sports books. Wow, what a week of sports. The base, Oh, that's not our punchline, by the way. Wow, what a week of sports. That's me reacting to a crazy week of sports. <laughs> the baseball season is coming down to the wire, Giannis. Alabama survives in the swamp against Florida. That was a crazy game. And the Packers, they strike back. And another absolute classic between the Chiefs and the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. And coming up, we're going to talk all things NFL with former NFL quarterback and ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky. He is fantastic. We'll see if he thinks any team should be hitting that panic button after just two weeks. Thoughts on some of the matchups this weekend with great quarterbacks. Some are former teammates of his and thoughts on some young quarterbacks. But you know, Giannis, this week, Dan went viral for a dog barking impersonation. We've got to ask him to do it for us. Do you think he'll do it? I think he will do it. I mean, it got so big. It went around. I mean, it was so accurate. I want to see if it was just a fluke or if he was using a filter or if that was his real dog under the table. Yeah. Because that's how it sounds. So we'll ask him. And so you got it. You got to watch this and you tell me if his lips line up with the sound, it was him. Yeah, we need like an unleashed detective squad to really scour the tape. You know, I have kind of a hidden animal talent. Uh Oh, that doesn't sound good. Thank God we're on a sports podcast because (laughs) if someone just tuned in there, they'd be like, okie dokie. Hopefully it's it's only takes it's you're not on all fours. Okay, my mom listens to this podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you know. Okay, one. Okay, I'll tell you what it is before you make more inappropriate jokes. I can do a yeah. pretty good bird whistle. Can you? I mean, mm-hmm. with your talents, you have some esoteric talents, and you can kick field goals, and you can make bird noises. Uh huh. Uh, I'll show you. Let's my, hear whole, it. my whole family were great whistlers. My grandpa, RIP, he was an amazing whistler, and we all kind of got it from him. But here's my bird whistle. Okay. That that was uh that was beautiful. I mean, it could have been a bird, okay. or it could have been wind sneaking into a basement window but there was not both i mean that was nice does it work do you do do birds come over no no but it always kind of makes my dog look around which i like i need (laughs) i need to play this episode back and see if my dog reacts to dan orlovsky's barking that was pretty good that was good i just kind of gave away how much of a city kid i am because i don't even know what a bird whistle does i'm like do the birds come over i mean what do you do with that i don't even know what a bird whistle is for i don't know why you would do it you just think of like gross pigeons in the city yeah i mean we you don't want you don't want to call pigeons you want you don't want them closer you want them farther away so is there like a pigeon whistle that tells them to fly south and get out of there because they're rats with wings no aren't pigeons kind of like this like (laughs) that was horrible (laughs) Wait, let me try. I need more hair. No, no. Okay. Moving yeah, no, on. That, no, that, close enough. Close enough. God, I, I need, I need a sip of water or something. That was horrible. Um, you know, Giannis, every week we're doing this bad beat of the week. So someone who will be more embarrassed than I just was doing a pigeon impersonation. This is our winner this week. He gets a hundred bucks in credit at BetMGM. So that's pretty good, but not as good as his weekend could have been. Bad beat of the week. This is possible. He had a one game parlay for Vikings at Cardinals. Five of the six hit, which is really impressive. He could have won 2,600 bucks. All he needed was a lost fumble, which is frequent. That happens all the time. Get this. There were two fumbles. Neither one was lost. So my man didn't get his 2,600 bucks, but he did get $100 in credit at BetMGM. So just DM us, Hossicle at BetMGM, and you'll collect. And I hope you can turn that into an even bigger bet 
this weekend. And we're going to help you get set up for this weekend's NFL action with Peter Andrew. That is the last segment of the show. As always, we'll go over all injury news, everything you need to know to place your bets for week three in the NFL. He still won, even though he lost. It was almost right at the one yard line, just like your pigeon impression. Almost there. So, Olivia, you know, I was stalking your Instagram stories as usual. Again. Nice little montage. Yeah, again, you made a nice little montage of Vegas, except there was one sparkling omission that I saw from (laughs) Vegas. There was no Giannis Pappas in your compilation. I couldn't believe it. You know what video I needed was us drinking daiquiris going, yes, in Vegas. But that was on your phone. I should have asked you to send that to me. Yeah. I mean, I watched that and I was like, it's almost like you were cutting me out. I was like, Gee, you know, you had Steven Jackson right there and it, you had him just a moment before I come in the door. <laughs> and that's where you cut it. You were like, you cut me out like an old, like an ex best friend who you're <laughs> fighting with. And you just edited me out of the picture. <laughs> I promise that was not intentional. Now we just need another trip. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, you're, you live this exciting life and for bed MGM, they got you all over the place working you like a dog pun intended. Cause that's yeah. <laughs> They're working you like, and you, you were over at Lambo. You were over at Lambo running around yeah. with the cheese heads. What was it like? Did you see more Favre jerseys, Aaron Rodgers jerseys? <laughs> Were people drunk? Did anyone try to touch you? What's going on? <laughs> we just went over all of that last week. We are not messing around with people touching you. No, it's funny. I, I love going to games at Lambeau and walking through the parking lot. And even we have the same four seats to every home game. My family does. And I went with just my mom. You know, it's it's tough to get everyone in town for one game. So sometimes we're a little outnumbered. But usually we find friends in our section and people tell us it's their first trip to Lambeau, all this. And we turn instantly into tour guide mode. And we're like, well, welcome. Have you been to blah, blah, blah? Have you eaten a brat? Make sure you put sauerkraut on it. Have you this? We sing this after every first down. We sing this after every touchdown. We like love to teach people how to Lambeau. And we we did that a good bit. There's some Californians sitting behind us. So we had to tell them what was up. We had a lot of fun. Great game. Started to rain a little bit, but it was an absolute blast, Giannis. You've got to come up for a game. I'll teach you how to Lambo. Will you have me up there? I mean, I'm not a Californian. I mean, wow, you do not like Californians. <laughs> I read that in your voice. Uh, yeah, you could not have made that clearer. What were they talking about? San Francisco or how there needs to be more taxes? What made you more upset? <laughs> I'm not even touching that one. I'm not even touching that one. No, really, there was another, it was a, it was a huge win for the Packers who had lost so horribly week one, 38 to three against the Saints, but another big win in the NFC North, which honestly I didn't see coming, even though they played a horrible team, Chicago and Cincinnati, Chicago lost their starting QB, Andy Dalton with a non-contact injury. They're saying now it wasn't an ACL and it's not going to be long-term and he will remain the starter. But everyone loves Justin Fields. And Justin Fields was not great, to be fair, when he took the field. But there's still such a high demand for the rookie quarterback out of Ohio State. Let's go ahead and listen to what Fields said after the game, because this was really telling. You know, no matter what happens, I know I'm, I'm meant for this. And um, I'm meant to be here. Uh, I think, you know, kind of my path here has been crazy. When I was younger, I never thought I'd, I'd be in this position. So, um I'm here for a reason, and um, I, I definitely think I, that I can play better, and um, I, I just think that this is the beginning. So um, I'm, I'm definitely excited for the future and excited to get back to practice on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, the injury is not clear. Are we sure it's not his ego because people love <laughs> Justin Fields so much? He could just have a hurt ego, and that takes about six days to recover from. So he'll be in the starting QB this week. You know, that wasn't even the only quarterback injury this past weekend. We'll talk more with that with Peter Andrew later in the show about how that affects betting lines week three. But now, Giannis, it's my favorite segment of our podcast. It is time when we unleash. It's time to unleash. Let me tell you something. I'll go first, Olivia, because I'm anxious to get this off my chest. As everybody knows, I don't have to repeat it. I'm a Giants fan, okay? I support all the evil empires in New York. Yankees, Giants. There was a round of PPP payments that went out, disaster relief payments. I think the Giants need another round of that payment. They need to build back better. I mean, here's the deal with special teams. Here's the deal. We've been 
upset about the offensive line. The offensive line comes through. They build a wall. Jones is able to throw ropes. He looks great. We're going to win the game. And then on a special teams play, look, the special teams are already wearing helmets. Do we need to put the helmets on the helmets of the special teams? I mean, how do you make that mistake, a mistake on special teams to lose a game? It's, uh, it's almost as if we're being punished. I want to know if Jim Dolan is involved in the Giants organization right now. I want to have breakfast with the Maras, and I want to know if Jim Dolan is making any of these decisions. Then we go and get the offensive coordinator from the Cowboys, who sucks. I'm moving to Lambeau Field. I've had enough. Can I move into your house? I'm going to Green Bay. I don't want to be a New Yorker anymore. We will take you, Giannis Papas. We will take you gladly, and we'll teach you out of Lambeau. You can come over. I will. I'll go there. I'll have a heart attack from eating cheese. It's worth it. Do you feel better, my friend? I do feel better. I got that off my chest. (laughs) Okay, now it's my time to unleash. And I was prepared. If the Packers were going to lose Monday night, I was going to unleash on the Packers for two straight losses. But I'm going to do a positive unleash on Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson because he was incredible Sunday night against the Chiefs. They had no business winning that game. And Dan Orlovsky, I I can't wait to ask him more about it, but he has talked on ESPN about the mental resolve. He's only in year four. He's still so young, but he acts like a vet in those situations. They've been decimated on offense. They lost three running backs before week one. They are just struggling with injuries. I loved the third quarter jump pass to Marquise Brown. That was already highlight reel worthy. And then early in the fourth quarter, He runs it in the end zone, right corner to close the Chiefs lead to five. Then the last possession, same score. He basically runs the same play, but he cartwheels into the end zone. I've watched this over and over as a former cheerleader. I've debated, was it a somersault? Was it a cartwheel? Was it a one-handed cartwheel? I think it's now an aerial, what we call an aerial. It's a no-handed cartwheel and it was beautiful. So, you know, his fantasy football owners were not happy to see him landing on his hip. His GM probably also was not too happy to see him land on his hip, but it was such style. It was like He was so carried away in the moment. He was alone on an island. There was no one near him and he just couldn't contain himself. He just went right for it. Again, we are now referring to this after further review as an aerial, a no-handed cartwheel, which I just absolutely (laughs) loved. It's almost like he's a man playing with boys. Like he's the older cousin playing with younger cousins in the front yard on the holidays. Like he just makes it look so easy and He's just having so much fun. It's contagious. I don't know how anyone's not a Lamar Jackson fan. I just absolutely love him. But a couple takeaways for me from this game alone that gives me a good compass on what we can see and expect from Lamar Jackson. I love the John Harbaugh asking, do you want to go for it? It shows that he has such a long leash. They have such trust. After the game, Lamar was picking up Harbaugh. It was beautiful. And we don't see that all around the NFL. Just look at Giants Daniel Jones. Yeah. Very conservative play calling, no creativity at the line of scrimmage. They don't trust him to do stuff like that. They don't ask him his opinion as far as we know. In all offseason, we hear about how great Daniel is, how great Daniel is. But you can tell they don't trust him as much with the play calling. So I think it shows that Lamar Jackson is light years ahead of someone like a Daniel Jones. And another thing, Lamar Jackson was 0-3 against Mahomes and the Chiefs former MVPs going against each other. And I started to look back at other MVP quarterbacks records against each other. Peyton Manning was 0-4 against Tom Brady. Matt Ryan is now 0-6 against TB12. They played this past weekend. So when you look at that, it's so impressive that now Lamar's got that win. You can tell he even said the monkey off my back. It was hanging over his head despite all week him saying that wasn't what it was about. It's totally what that was about. And it was a great win. Really fun to watch him. The Ravens are once again an AFC North Division favorite at plus 120. Yeah, I love how you had to rub it in a little bit too and use the Giants as an example of Daniel Jones. (laughs) Thank you very much. The reason is because there is a cowboy spy in our organization that needs to be rooted out. And this is being done on purpose. Yeah, Daniel Jones has the wheels. Let him run. (laughs) Okay. It's good to know your opinion on that, my friend. You should ask Dan Orlovsky. He's coming up in a bit. He knows everything about quarterbacks. Let's see what he has to say. Now, 
Now we bring in Dan Orlovsky, a 12-year NFL vet. You see him on ESPN as an analyst for college football and NFL, but you probably saw him on social media this week. He went viral for an amazing and kind of creepy dog barking impersonation. Dan, first of all, we got to start. Can we hear it? Absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad you started this <laughs> in this capacity. I often get asked, how did you figure you had this quote unquote talent out? I have no idea, but this is it. I We do have two dogs, but this is it. It goes. Wow. <laughs> it's great to do because uh, especially like outside when you're on a walk or with your family or with, around other dogs, because it doesn't sound like it's from close. So dogs are often like, what is going on right now? So yeah, I have no idea how I can do it. Have you ever like when you're when the song Who Let the Dogs Out was popular, did you ever hit that and people really thought dogs were in the room? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. And, it, and I'm telling you, it is fascinating because I love people watching. It's fascinating to like just subtly throw it into a group wow. or again out in public and just watch people be like, what, what, where, where and what is going on? <laughs> At first, I didn't believe it when I first saw it because Mina first posted it and I didn't yeah. believe it. But now, I mean, we just saw you do it and we didn't even give you a heads up. So I'm yeah. a believer now. I'm a little freaked out, but there I'm a go. believer. That's awesome. Did you ever call any plays where that were? <laughs> um, that wasn't that good, actually. Yours. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, never, I never called any plays like that, probably because I was trying to remember them with 27 words in the play call. But I, I never brought it onto the football field. I was just trying to survive. I was just trying to survive when I was out there. Do you do any impressions of former teammates or coaches? Are you just good at impressions in general or is that kind of it? No, I'm not great at impressions. My wife makes fun of me because I often try to do like British impressions accent wise and then Australian and she'd be like, you sound the same. Yeah. I'll like have one liners from ex teammates, but nothing like actual impression. I often say that Calvin Johnson was Steve Urkel from you guys remember the show Family Matters, yeah. like Calvin is the biggest dork. So we would kind of mock him in that aspect. Peyton, I can do a decent Peyton. Oh, let's hear that. But um, yeah, nothing too significant. Let's hear Peyton. So Peyton would come into meetings and we'd be sitting there watching the meetings and are watching tape. And he'd be in the meeting. He'd be like, hey, 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 coach, 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 coach. And you'd be like, why is he talking like that? And I'd be like, hey, Cla hey, Clyde, hey, Clyde, hey, Clyde. And Clyde Christensen, who's now with the Bucks, he'd sit there and like, what, Peyton? He'd be like, hey, man, so if, if, if we get this type of front, and, uh, and, the, and the linebacker does this. If he scrapes over the top, Clyde, like over the top, and then, and the, then the safety drops down. You see the safety drops down. What do you want me to do? And Peyton would often ask questions that he knew the coaches didn't know answers to. Oh, my gosh. Strictly to kind of make sure, like, hey, guys, I'm in control. And the coach would kind of take – Clyde would take like five, ten seconds to figure out and be like, yeah, Clyde, uh, you, you don't know the answer because I'm the only one who knows that, you know, with that kind of sudden point. <laughs> I got to say, I think your dog barking impersonation is a little bit better than your Peyton. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a little closer. Yeah. Standard's high, though, with that. You know, the, the bar is set high with the dog. Standard is really high. Yeah. Eli's easy. You just got to kind of contort your face and not say much. And then you're doing an Eli. <laughs> that's, you know, that's just kinda... Yeah. Speaking of Eli, Peyton's brother, how much of a favorite do you think the Giants are to win it all? Uh, I can't say they're a significant favorite. I actually like the Giants, at least a lot of their football team, candidly. Uh, I think their defense and defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, are really creative. You know, they. I often say that one of the best things that you can do to a quarterback is constantly change the picture on them and try to confuse them and get guys to play slow and they expect things to be where they are and they're not there, so to speak. So, you know, I, I love their defense. I get really concerned about their offense. I think their offense schematically is stuck in 2005. It's super archaic and antiquated. They're not doing the things that you watch good offenses in the NFL, the things that they do either personnel or formation or scheme wise, they don't do any of it. And to me, that's alarming. And you're so dependent on the talent to go perform and execute that that's just not what coaching should do. It should enhance a talent advantage or minimize a talent deficit. And the Giants don't do any of that. And I think they just tax their players too much with performance. You know, Dan, going to the other New York team, the Jets, there's not much to talk about there. But Zach Wilson, there was so much talk preseason, even comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron yeah. singing his praises as well. We saw four interceptions this past weekend. Do you see that as a structural issue or do you still think there's a very high ceiling for Zach Wilson? 
Totally high ceiling. The best way I kind of categorized this past weekend against New England is just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm. And a lot of young quarterbacks have to go through that, especially special ones that are incredibly talented. You get in those moments, you're like, I can make that throw. Well, should you make that throw? You know, it's, it, this isn't pro day mm-hmm. and it's second and 28. And you don't, just because you can fit that ball over a drop down corner and an overlapping safety one time, the other 99, it's going to be a pick. And so I think you just have to kind of go through those and then, you know, be really difficult on yourself when it comes to looking at it and being, why did I, you know, why did I do this? What was my thought process? Can I still stay aggressive and be special without being careless in moments? And it's a good thing only if he learns from it, only if he's willing to be critical about it. But also you don't never want to lose your stinger. You know, Mm -hmm. when Sam Donald had that crazy four or five interception game against the Patriots a couple years ago, that was because he got confused a lot. Yeah, That that was not the case for Zach. Zach was just, uh, you know, I'm crazy talented and I can make these throws. And I was with Matthew Stafford when we were both a little bit younger. And I used to watch tape with Matthew and he would make some throws and try some throws. And I'd be sitting there and I'd be like, dude, why are you throwing this ball? Mm. And be like, cause I can, you know, and he's like, and guess what? You can't. And he wasn't saying it to be a jerk, but guys that are crazy talented like that think that way, you know, it's like, I, I want to make that throw because I feel like I'm the only guy who can. And it's, you just got to kind of go on this journey of learning do and don't. There's that old adage that uh, the game slows down as you get more experienced. What's it like to be a quarterback in your first NFL start? Is the reason you're making those throws because you made those throws in college and you got away with it and then you get into the pros and you realize, oh boy, these corners look a lot like receivers. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of said that week one with Zach, you know, the windows in the NFL and college are probably pretty similar. They just close a lot faster Mm -hmm. or they shrink a lot quicker in the NFL. Speed and size is a big deal. I often say playing quarterback is like, you, you know, when you get into a busy road or intersection and you've got to take a left-hand turn and there's oncoming traffic and it's flying and you're, there's just not a big window for you to do it. And so often you're hesitant and because the, oh my goodness, if I make the wrong timing of this turn, bad things happen. That's every play for a quarterback, so to speak. You know, you just, the pressure to be precise is so intense and the, the, the more comfortable you get at that timing and that, again, to your point, seeing it slow down, the easier things get. It just takes a lot of time. You mentioned Matthew Stafford. He's got a big game this weekend against Brady. That could be an NFC championship preview, really, if we're looking at it. What do you like here? Um, does it come down to both quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, it often does. It, it, in kind of the treetop version, I, oft, I I try to do my job a little bit differently and, and kind of look at the big picture of it. Mm-hmm. I think when the Rams are on offense, you know, the, the Bucks defense right now has two big flaws for me that I did not see. They give up easy completions right now. You know, so if Matthew goes in with the mindset of being completion driven, specifically on early downs, there's so much yard after catch against the Bucks right now because they're playing such soft coverage mm-hmm. and they're not kind of sticky on receivers. Sean and Matthew will do a good job of that, Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. And then they're not getting any type of pressure on the quarterback. I'm not even talking sacks. I'm talking quarterbacks feeling pressure. You know, I think the big thing that's shown up in the two weeks for the Rams offense is the different stratosphere, their play action pass, both in the pocket and out of the pocket game can go with Matthew. So you can get after a secondary that's beat up a little bit in Tampa right now, but also get completions. And I think when you look at the Bucks offense versus the Rams, and this is an overwhelming theme in the NFL this year, and I've kind of been on it for about a month now. Teams are adamant, or defensively are going to be adamant not to give up big plays. We are going to see so much more too high safety. If you think of an umbrella, like an umbrella type of defense, mm-hmm. you know, committing to stopping big pass plays and zone coverage and forcing teams to run the football and be patient at quarterback and play boring check down ball. You know, I really believe that Tampa Bay, you know, probably has to run the ball a good amount against the Rams and, and try to, you know, their receivers got to be really good at blocking. They're not going to give up a ton of those man coverage, big plays that the Bucks offense kind of wants. So Brady's completely ready to play disciplined ball. He did it his whole career. So in that regard, the Bucks offense should be really efficient. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the offensive line and their relationship with the quarterback because it's so important. And I think 
for me as a Giants fan, it's a it's a topic that always comes up. The Giants O line. Yeah. What's the relationship behind the scenes like with the quarterback and the offensive line? And do you think the offensive line should get paid as a committee and maybe incentive every week? <laughs> yeah. And they should should they bunk together? Should they sleep at the quarterback's house? I mean, should uh, they take maybe CIA and Secret Service training on how to how to protect him? Well, any good quarterback should be taking care of their offensive linemen, right? Like yeah. any, they, they should, I was, I've been around some quarterbacks who got their offensive line with some sick Christmas gifts. I'm talking <laughs> impressive stuff that had many of dollars attached to it. Like what's the best? The best one that I've probably ever been around was, I believe it was Matt Schaub got all of his offensive linemen two round trip first class air ticket on any airline they wanted to anywhere. Whoa. So the, yeah. So like that, that's, yeah, that's a relatively big deal. Wow. Uh, so that was a good one. Do you guys know when you used to walk into a bar years ago, like the screen that you would be able to play all those games on? Yeah. Yes. Kitna got all our offensive linemen, one of those. And that was cool just because all those guys had kids and families. And so that was dope. He got dudes, a bunch of really cool quads one year. Matthew got guys, the extra large big green eggs to grill years ago when they just came out. So there's been some really cool gifts. Any good quarterback does that. Wow. Giannis, are you taking notes? I can't wait to see what you're getting me for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm getting you. Yeah. Cause you make me look really good on this show because you're so good at this. So I'm getting you a lot of stuff. Let me ask you a question to piggyback on that. Do you think a guy like Tom Brady has an advantage? Cause he's got so many bags that he could just buy his offensive line so many cars and then rookie guys. It's like, Hey man, you got to get a big contract before I protect you. Yeah. I mean, Brady's got a lot of commas in his paycheck, right? So like there's an unlimited funds that he can go to. I would imagine he's taking care of those guys. And also, I mean, think of the things that Tom can give his guys that aren't material value. Like, Hey man, you want to, you want to come to, you know, this type of event or whatnot, the, the unlimited yeah. stuff that he can bring them to. But I was fortunate. Some good guys got some good gifts, but I think the quarterback offensive line relationship is like the coolest one. My focus. And I was lucky around big round guys. Matthew Stafford was one. Peyton was one. Those guys always just wanted their offensive linemen to think that they were never above them. Mm. You know, like the really good quarterbacks want to make sure that their offensive line doesn't view them as a quarterback. They just want them to, you know, you, you really want those guys to know, like, I don't think I'm better than you. I only exist because of you, so to speak. Oh, I like that. You know, earlier in the show, I went unleashed on how great Lamar Jackson was Sunday night. You said he was the best player on the field. There are a lot of good players on that field. Most were wearing a Chiefs jersey. But what do you mean by that? And why was he so much better on Sunday night? I don't even think it was close that he was the best player on the field. Uh, what do I mean by that is, so when you get to the point of choosing as an organization, should we pay this quarterback? Mm -hmm. I think one of the first questions you have to ask yourself is, when we do and our funds are limited for everybody else, can we still win because of him? Mm. And that last Sunday night game was a perfect example of that. You know, there's not a lot of guys and I, I tier quarterbacks with you win because of you win with you win in spite of, or you lose because of, you know, I felt this way about Lamar for a while, but that was one of those vintage you won because of me games, you know, and there's just not a lot of guys on planet earth that, are in that kind of grouping. You can win a lot of games with a lot of quarterbacks and those guys should get a lot of money because it's hard to do. Yeah. There ain't a lot of quarterbacks you win games because of they had no business winning that game. They really didn't. It, it was an incredible performance by him. And I loved his mental resolve because the first quarter was bad and he just hung in there and got the game to the fourth quarter. I also saw you tweeted that your kids asked you if you were as fast as Kyler Murray. So my question is, yeah. how did you lie to them? Yeah. <laughs> so I was sitting there actually watching tape this morning and my kids, my, one of my kids' favorite things to do is watch top 10. Yeah. You know, and so Kyler's spin around, run to the left, find Rondale Moore was out there and they're really getting into watching football and saying, so they turn around, they're asking like, dad, is that what it looked like you look like when you would play? And I was just like, yeah, yeah. I would do those same type of things, guys. And then I've got one son who's a lot like me who, you know, is personality wise, just kind of a wise you know what, like I am. And he's looked at me, he's like, dad, no way. And I was like, nah, yeah. fellas, like there's no way that I ever ran remotely close to, I ran a six, two <laughs> as a sophomore in high school. So like I was as slow as a human could get. But you might've been the fastest kid in Connecticut though, right? Yeah, not saying much. And no, that answer is no, but even then I'm not saying much.
Yeah. Definitely at your prep school, though. Definitely the fastest kid in maybe the history of your prep school. I didn't go to prep school. I was a public schooler. Ah. I was a normal public schooler. Don't offend him, Yannick. Are you still in Connecticut now? Yeah, we moved to Connecticut about two years ago. My, we had right kind of near the end of my career. We moved to Philly. My wife is from there. I love Philadelphia. Probably why I'm a little bit emotionally attached to Carson Wentz. And then mm. um, with ESPN and whatnot, we moved up to Westport, Connecticut about two years ago. Oh, I love Westport. You're a Connecticut kid. Who loves Connecticut more, you or Martha Stewart? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Me and Martha should get together and do like a social episode or show, social video sometime, you know? Oh, my God. Hey, this week we saw <laughs> that Rob Gronkowski claims he doesn't watch game film. Do you believe that? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rob played for probably the most detail-oriented sports organization ever with one of the most detailed coaches ever. Right. Do I think Rob studies tape? Like, you know, these intricate quarterbacks no. or defensive players? No. But Rob definitely watches tape and knows how he's going to be matched up against. Maybe not as much nowadays that he used to, but I don't believe that for a second now. <laughs> Do you think Arians would be that lax? Because there's no way he got away with that in New England. Yeah, I will say this. The NFL is often a, like there's a lot of things that go into, you know, respect and how you work and all that stuff. How you go play on Sundays is the biggest deal in the NFL. Sure. And so I will say, like, if you go and perform, you go and perform. And a lot of coaches won't mess with whatever you're doing as long as you're going to do your job. I, I don't think Tom would have allowed it. That's my thing. Yeah. I don't think Tom would have, you know, it's just Tom doesn't come as a, you know, I would imagine in his circle, specifically in the football circle, it was guys who did everything they could to play well. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't think Tom would have have any part of that. Dan, we came up with a pretty fun game for you this week. It is called Name That Dan. And we're going to read you a description of a Dan in the NFL and see if you can name who it is. There are a lot of Dans in the NFL. Did you know that? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I know now, so I, I should be good at this. Okay. The first one. This Dan retired as one of the all-time great NFL quarterbacks, but is also remembered for his role in Ace Ventura Pet Detective... Dan Marino. You got it. That was too easy. Wow. Okay. Here's a good one. Great movie. This is, I love this Dan coming up. This Dan played his entire career for the same team, became the first player in league history to throw for 4,000 yards in three consecutive seasons. Name that Dan. Ooh. Um, the same team his whole career. So Dan. Mm, this is a tough one. I don't know. Who is it? I'll give you a hint on the team. I thought it was Dan Aykroyd. Give me the team. <laughs> Chargers. You'll get it. Oh, Dan Fouts. Yeah, Idiot. you got it. All right. How about this one? This Dan was a former teammate of yours and isn't afraid to bite an opponent's kneecap. Dan Campbell. Got it quick. Wow. <laughs> this Dan. He's the best. Dude. That guy's the best. <laughs> This Dan, six-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, was not only born in Canton, Ohio, he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He also spent 12 seasons on Monday Night Football. Ooh, that's a tough one. I might say his name incorrectly. No, you won't. Is it Dan Deerdorf? Yep, and he said it correctly. Yes. Boom. It makes me feel good. You could have pronounced it Deardolf. Deardolf. Yeah, it's the only other way is German, yeah. yeah. All right, this Dan was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks in the first round of the 1991 draft and is the brother to one of the most prolific home run hitters of all time. Dan McGuire. Yeah. Great, great. Winstrel. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Well, Dan Orlovsky, thank you so much for your time. It was so much fun picking your brain. It was a good time. I appreciate you guys. A lot of fun. We'll see you on the TV. And we'll, oh, God, no. <laughs> see, I have my in-laws watching my dog right now. I feel like he's right here in the room. That's creepy. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Have a great week. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, guys. Be well.
Well, wow, that was a lot of fun with Dan Orlovsky. I'm going to be working on my bird whistle because it is nowhere near his dog bark. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but his uh, his manning is no good and you let him know. You shoot straight, girl. <laughs> you got to. Hey, speaking of shooting straight, we're going to talk Ryder Cup in a minute as we bring in Betum GM betting expert, the prince of parlays, the sultan of spreads, our good friend, Peter Andrew. Welcome in, Peter. Thanks for having me. And I just want to let everyone know I did not come up with those nicknames. I think that was all. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I did. Yeah, I like them. And I love a good alliteration. Sultan of spreads, Prince of parlays. That's you, my friend. Hey, let's talk about NFL last weekend. And speaking of parlays, there was a big 16 team parlay that just hit. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this was a crazy couple of uh, two games for us on our on promotional side and with a parlay, as you mentioned. So we had a player going in. He was 15 out of 16 in his parlays. He had a $25 bet to win $750,000 uh, or close to it. He had all 15 correctly, money lines across the board. And then he needed the, the old Detroit Lions plus 400 to win on, on Monday night. Lucky for him. Unfortunately, they didn't win, but we did offer him a settlement. So we, we cashed out for a little less. So he actually still came home with about 130000 pre-tax. So I think he comes out happy after a $25 bet. I'd take that any day of the week. And then on Sunday, we actually have our brand new free-to-play game called King of the Weekend. Mm -hmm. We give you five games. And if you guess the six top scoring teams in the correct order, you win $50,000. Or if there's multiple people, a share of $50,000. We actually had a player for the first time ever win that 50 grand. Right before the games kicked off, he had changed his order and had changed and swapped around the, the way the Ravens and Chiefs were in his top six took home the $50,000 prize. So a big ups to him, a customer out of New Jersey, crazy way to end his Sunday. And then obviously Monday's game, crazy way to end for that customer with that 16 team parlay. Christmas comes early for these guys. See, look, sometimes when you don't get it, you still get it. <laughs> Just once you think one of us would hit one of these, but not, not, <laughs> not, not the Prince of Parlays. Well, with the way I've been picking against Olivia, I think I need to start up in my betting game a little bit. You know, you know, I, I'm really upset about this because now we're going into week three and this is my second time losing. And I am watching these games differently now, Giannis, because I just cringe at what you're going to make me say at the end of every show. For those of you who don't know, it's a punishment <laughs> picks. It is so much fun. Peter picks three games. We break them down and then we each take a pick. In the last two weeks, we've agreed on two of the three and we have to disagree on the third. And that's where I really got screwed last week because it was the Seahawks Titans. I jumped. Remember, I even cut you off. I said, I take the Seahawks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that just sucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm so mad. So yeah, end of the show. I'm going to read whatever you've typed out. Yeah. Well, you know, isn't that the fun part, though? I, you always look forward to it. Well, it's... <laughs> Fun for someone. Hey, before we get into those yeah. matchups, and that's going to be really fun. And Peter, you've picked some good ones for us. Let's get into Ryder Cup. I actually had the chance yesterday to meet with golf.com. Go check out Whistling Straits. That begins on Friday, opening ceremony Thursday when this drops. And I've got a lot of insider info, guys. And Peter, I want to hear from a betting angle what you think of all this. Yeah, so I have my call with uh, Sheboygan resident Sam Decker after this. So I need to find out need to find out a bit about course conditions, which we'll get to. But uh, but you no, reached out to the wrong Decker. You know he's not here. I'm here. He's in Toronto. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. We um, it's it's going to be a really interesting couple of days. So obviously starts Friday, so a bit different than normal uh, match play. I think this is where the Europeans really have an advantage, especially of course like Whistling Straits. Very linksy. I think conditions are a huge factor. I really like the European team as an American, obviously pains me to say it, but Europe plus 210 to win it all on, on the three-way line. They just always come out. Guys like Ian Poulter, those, you know, they may not be the top 10 finishers at all times, but they just know how to play in those conditions. Really accurate with the iron play, knowing when to put the driver in the bag. You got go, You got a ton of guys like, you know, Brooks and, and Bryson that are big balls, but you know, if they miss a fairway, you're in a lot of trouble. And next thing you know, you're one down and two down and three down. And then all of a sudden you're conceding the match. So Europe is probably my pick Wow, to take it all come Sunday. You know, I never know when to put the driver away. In fact, I tee it up basically until I'm on the green. So I, I tee it up and I whack it with the driver. But you're right. That's that's good advice. And you think about a guy like Bryson DeChambeau, the big golfer. Tons of good info. Again, if you want to catch my interview with golf.com people, check out BetMGM's Twitter. 
we really get into the nitty gritty. But look, I'm sitting here about 10 minutes from the course. I'm looking out at my window. It's kind of nasty weather, guys. And it's going to be all weekend. The temperature is going to drop. We're getting rain in and out. And the course is going to play long. It's soft. There's going to be a lot of wind. That's definitely going to be a factor in an already really challenging course. Obviously, USA has lost seven of the last nine. And people are using words like desperate and existential. Whoa. Existential. (laughs) That's a hard one to say. (laughs) To describe the USA's position right now, because you can't lose eight of 10. And their odds have even gone down. It was 185, now 190. Who knows how that'll keep changing. But uh, the big storyline is the USA has had a changing of the guard. A lot of youth, you know, a lot of a couple of rookies where Europe is playing one of the best generations of Ryder Cup players ever. It's such a conflicting style. I met with Sean Zock, like I said, of golf.com. When you're talking about top point scorer, John Rahm leads the pack at plus 750. And the reason why that's a safe bet is because he'll play all five matches. Whereas you look at guys like Roy McIlroy, he's at plus 4,000. He probably will also play five. And Tony Finau, this is really good value if you want to go branch out a little bit, plus 6,600. He's a long hitter. He's a birdie machine. They'll need him each day, I would think, as they go forward. But it's kind of funny. You know, John Rahm, I mentioned kind of old heads playing for Europe. He's won as many Ryder Cup points as the whole U.S. team combined. So you can think, will that help him? Will that not help him? And if you want to make a case for Europe, like you are, Peter, the better value there at plus 210, which may even still go up, is that the first four sessions, only eight players get to play. So Europe can sit some of their rookies out and completely dominate because the cream of the crop for Team Europe is really, really good. Couldn't agree more. Uh, You kind of named a couple that I had on the list. Rom, I think, is the one that really stands out to me. I mean, obviously, he's been the most consistent guy on tour this year. I think he has that bit of long ball in him, of course, but he also is just absolutely dialed in with his wedges and with his irons. So I see him looking really good this week. The other person, if we go back to the U.S. for a second, one that I'm really interested on, who I think has been fear, you know, fairly consistent throughout uh, the tour this year, Scotty Scheffler, plus 1,600 as the top point mm-hmm. scorer for U.S. I'd take a little, uh, a little flyer on him. I think some of these guys come out and, and impress. First Ryder Cup, a lot of them seem like they have ice in their veins. Scotty Scheffler, Daniel Berger seemed like he was top five, top 10 for lots of tournaments this year. I don't know what I'm going to see out of Kepka coming off an injury. Bryson, just when he gets into trouble, it's it's bad. So I'm going to take a shot on some of the young boys. Okay, well, that is going to be a lot of fun to watch all weekend long. I can't believe we're sitting here in the great US of A saying Europe's the better value and the better bet, but that's betting, huh? We'll take whatever gives you the money. Let's get to football. Let's get to more money. Punishment picks. Let's break down the three games you've picked for us. Chargers at Chiefs, Saints at Pats, Bucks at Rams, which we just talked with Dan Orlovsky about. So we already know a little bit there. Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs are the six and a half point favorite at home after a devastating loss at Baltimore. And this is going to be a big one. Patrick Mahomes, you know, he lost his first game ever in September. He threw his first interception ever in September. And he's going against Justin Herbert. What do you like there, Peter? Well, uh, this all comes after our halftime Twitter special that you you guys were talking and we were just uh, pumping the gas on on the Ravens and saying the Chiefs are going to come out flying in the second half. Of course, we were wrong. Mm. Uh, but I think the Chiefs the Chiefs kind of needed that. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say they played terrible, but I think that was a bit of a wake up call for them. Yeah, Lamar Jackson had an unbelievable game. I mean, just the way he can extend play is just really impressive as usual. I think Chiefs personally come out and, and have a really solid performance back at home. You know what I like too? In games decided by just one possession, so eight or fewer points since last year, Mahomes has the most wins and Herbert has the most losses, eight of any quarterback in the league. So if you're looking at this line at six and a half, being fewer than one possession, I definitely like Mahomes there. There are certain times when trends really kick in. I think that's a trend worth watching, don't you? Yeah. So I think Chiefs on one side sounds like with Olivia. Uh, Giannis, (laughs) how about you? Uh, I guess that means I got to take the Chargers. No, you don't. You don't have to. I'm going to, though, because I don't want to agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. Yeah, maybe this is the beginning of a downslide for the Chiefs. Maybe they have to figure it out. Maybe they need to have a little team meeting, two, two losses in a row. Maybe that loss 
to the Ravens, sends them in a little bit of a tailspin. Let's see if I'm right. I've been right so far. <laughs> you have very annoyingly. You have been right so far. Okay. Saints at Pats, both teams, one and one Pats, two and a half point favorite. Mac Jones is the toast of the town. He's the future. What do you think, Peter? I put more stock into the performance of the Saints from last week than I do in the, the Patriots. Mm. The Jets looked horrendous. Uh, what do you mean? I feel for <laughs> I feel for Zach Wilson, the guy. I mean, I know he was sailing a couple balls, but no protection from his team. Uh, I think me, you know, us three could have played D line and we would have had a couple sacks. So I don't take much stock into the pass here. Saints, on the other hand, who looked really good week one against the Packers, they looked terrible against the Panthers. And I know the Panthers look like they're a they're a legitimate team, but Saints coming out with that little production was a was a big red flag for me. So this one will be interesting, I think, between you guys. All right. Olivia, I'll let you go first. I'm going to take the Saints. And I'm only Perfect. doing that because I just don't want to be chalky here. And I feel like I always go with the favorite. But I'm going to take the Saints because we saw a lot of promise week one. And really disappointed in Jameis last week. And I don't know if you guys saw that special on NFL Countdown of him standing on a Bosa ball on one foot and juggling and calling out the card name. And that's impressive enough. This guy can win some games. All right. Well, I'm glad you did that because I am taking the Pats. I am committing treason <laughs> against my heart. Okay. I'm doing what they call an, uh, an OHD <laughs> because she's, she, she's cold hearted and she goes with the mind over the heart. Yeah. I'm going with the mind, the way the defenses are playing right now. The way I love Mac Jones's uh, post game press conference when he was asked about rookie quarterbacks and he said, "Look, he's uh, Zach Wilson's a really great player. We're all going to make mistakes. He's going to learn. He is a very mature rookie. He's under the tutelage of the goat. I'm going with the Patriots on this one. Sorry, New York. Wow." Okay, and our last game is Sunday, 425 Eastern. Two undefeated teams, two great quarterbacks. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Los Angeles Rams. You heard what Dan Orlovsky had to think about it. He was teammates, of course, with Matt Stafford in Detroit. But Tom Brady, I, this is wild to me. He's playing his first career game in Los Angeles? Yeah. I can't believe that. As much as I want to say Sunday Night Football because I'm going his Game of the Week, Niners Packers, this is the real Game of the Week. Yeah. Bucks Rams, I think on paper right now, they're probably the two best teams in the NFL. Rams, I know had a little bit of a, of a scare last week, but they are a really well-rounded team. Matthew Stafford is clearly a big, a big upgrade from, from Jared Goff last year. The way Cooper Cup is playing, uh, I think their offense can really fire on all cylinders. And they even, you know, they haven't gotten people involved yet. Tyler Higby, I think Robert Woods, you haven't seen much from them. That's just because Cup and Henderson have been really impressive. And then, of course, you have Bucks on the other hand. They came out, what was it, Gronk, two touchdowns, Mike Evans, two touchdowns, Godwin had a touchdown, Brady, as long as he just does this for the rest of the season, he is the clear-cut MVP. This is the real game of the week for me. So um, I think this is the one that's going to decide everything for us. And Giannis, listen to this. Brady has won his last 10 games. We know that. That includes playoffs, obviously the Super Bowl. And he's thrown 31 touchdowns in that process. And in two weeks when he plays at New England is when he's supposed to break the Drew Brees record. So a lot of uh, records on the line for Brady. It's going to be amazing if the day he retires, he hasn't broken every quarterback record. Right, guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys are in sync now. <laughs> We're really yeah. cooking. Jinx. <laughs> okay. I'm taking the Bucks. Okay. You take the Bucks. Well, here, we're going to have to agree. After that interview with Dan and we talked about how Tommy Terrific probably takes care of his O-line with all the money he has and that advantage, I'm going with the Bucks too. I may even say right now the Bucks go undefeated this season. I think Tommy's going to run it back from that great, that great season that they had that the Giants spoiled, which was one of the best moments of my life. I think they just look too good and they're having too much fun. Yeah, Bucks, we agree. Okay. Well, we're, we're split here. Otherwise this, what are we going to do if we tie? If we tie, we just have to fight it out, you know, MMA style. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Talk about a great live stream. <laughs> yeah. 
If we tie, I'll read the closing segment. How about that? Yeah, we co-write it for <laughs> Peter. Hey, Peter, one quick thing I want to ask you about. It's not one of our games, but Tua Tungavailoa is officially ruled out for Sunday with broken ribs. They play the Raiders. The Raiders are also a very highly talked about team, kind of a confusing team already. What's your biggest takeaway with the Raiders? Does Tua's injury affect that game much? Or were the Dolphins losing anyways? I think the Dolphins were losing anyways. I think defensively, they have a pretty pretty good team. I've had concerns about Tua since he got drafted a couple of years ago. I just don't think he's the answer. I think they look in the offseason at, at a different quarterback. Who knows? Maybe it's a, a Jimmy G kind of guy that may be moving on from a different team. They may draft someone as well, but I think he is not the answer. He just doesn't look too poised in the pocket. I think that college game, this is where it does not translate nicely for a guy like him. It's interesting. A lot of quarterback injuries. The biggest one we've seen in terms of live movement is probably Tyrod Taylor out for the Texans. Mm -hmm. And then and then obviously Big Ben to see what happens there. I think those are the big line movers. But Tua, I don't know how much it impacts things. And then certainly the Heineke and and Fitz one is another one where I think it's pretty flat, pretty even. So I think this is a huge week for the NFL. You started seeing some of these teams that look like they're legitimate contenders, but I think lots of these games this week will dictate who's kind of going to be there come January. Thanks so much, Peter. We really appreciate it. Uh, guys, don't forget to go to BetMGM on Twitter on Monday to place your bad beat of the week, uh, where we will announce the winning bad beat next week, as we do. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you find your podcasts, anywhere you listen. Go and do it. Tell friends. And thank you so much. Olivia, I just want to tell you, whenever you get to Toronto, don't forget to turn data roaming off. Okay, because I've done that a lot of times and make sure to get a nice padded purse because you're going to be carrying a lot of coins, loonies and toonies. So you will be paying for stuff like it's the Middle Ages. You'll just be plopping a bunch of gold on a table. So just, you know, and get get your A ready. You're going to have to say A a lot. I'll get ready. Are you on the tourism board for the whole country? I really I promote Canada. Canada. I promote I, I promote friendly relationship with our northern neighbors. Okay. I love you guys. Let's get a football team in Toronto. Yeah. No, I'm kind of hoping that this Toronto basketball team can move south of the border to make my life easier. I just had to drive two hours to get a COVID test to fly there. Anyways, it's time to wrap up this <laughs> podcast. And Giannis, I'm reading this for the first time. I haven't seen it. Mom, I hope you've already stopped listening by this point. And I will read what Giannis has written me. Ladies and gentlemen. And when you read it, read it, read it like you mean it, Olivia. Don't just read it off the paper. Read it like you wrote well, let's it. Let's see what you wrote and then we'll decide. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. To take us out this week, I'd like to remind you to head over to my Instagram for my twerk video of the week. That's right. You know the deal. I press play on Thought Ship Megan the Stallion and get busy, y'all. <laughs> Also, remember to go to YannisPappas.com. Oh, come on. <laughs> to see the greatest stand-up comedian of all time, Giannis Pappas in Baltimore, Phoenix. And for more dates rolling out now because Yanni's back on the road. Hell, DM me and I'll pay for your tickets. YOLO, yes. That is so nice of you, Olivia. Thank, yeah, Olivia will buy you guys tickets. So just hit her up on, on her DM and she'll get you tickets in Phoenix and Baltimore. That's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> Till next week. <laughs> Till next week.